In the name of Jesus, amen. Our words will be the words from Ephesians that we just heard read. Prof. Susan Bachman and I have three children. One of them is an actress, our daughter. The other two are scientists. One's a meteorologist and the other is a physicist in the oil business. It happened that the physicist and his family visited us here in Irvine in June, and since it was my birthday and also Professor Susan Bachman's wedding anniversary, um, they decided to give us some, uh, some presents. And among those presents were a couple humorous plaques. So here's one of them. Well, I'm glad you see the humor. Uh, the only thing in it, other than it's kind of drawn funny, is the and rather than the or. And for 80 years, physicists have been puzzling over some things that are illustrated by a cat that's talked about by a physicist named Schrodinger. And if you want to know more about it, you can ask our science profs. Or you could go out on the Internet, but please not during uh, the homily. Now, uh, they also gave me one other one, and it's a little closer to our point uh, for today. It looks like this, and I now have it hanging on my door usually in uh, uh, beta. And uh, these are the first two lines. The third line was so long I couldn't scan it very well, so I'll put it up there in a moment. Uh, it, it, it sounds pretty biblical, like it could be from Genesis. In the beginning there was nothing, and then God said, let there be light. Well, if you read on, though, on the plaque, it says, there was still nothing, but you could see a lot better. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that actually points up that imagery about light is a little bit uh, tricky. And it happens that the senior class, because of the theme verse that they chose from the Sermon on the Mount, has got us thinking a lot about being light and light of the world and Christ the light of the world and so forth, so that we've got, um, among other parts of the verse they gave us, this is the last verse, let your light shine before others. And our work from Ephesians um, is uh, uh, helpful for us to reflect some on how we let our light shine. So the uh, imagery of light is complicated, multifaceted, and just in the very few verses we had, St. Paul uses the image of light in a kaleidoscope of ways. One of the things he says is walk as children of light. And this points us to the light that's not you or me, but the light that enlightens the world, our Lord Jesus Christ. A couple verses further on, he explicitly mentions Christ shining on us. We didn't hear that this morning, but it's there in the near context of what he had to say. So a first point he brings to our attention is Christ is the light of the world shining upon us. But then that leads right away to now you are light in the Lord. So that, in addition to being enlightened by Christ, we become lights in the midst of the world. We need to notice very carefully that the order is Christ is the light and we are enlightened by him. And then comes talk about the fruits seen in our lives. 
So that in a sense, Christ simply is the light of the world, and we simply, because of Christ, are lights in the world. And this is all before things that we are doing. So we are lights, not because of what we do, but because Christ shines upon us and makes us to be lights. But St. Paul says we will bear fruit. The fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Because we are connected to Christ, goodness and right things and truth, we might even say wise things, honorable things, cultivated things, wise, honorable, cultivated people, all of that emerges in the midst of the light shining upon us from Christ. So that's all really pretty good news. Now, I have to tell you that uh, the worship planners left out some other verses of St. Paul right in the middle of what um, uh, we just heard read. And in these verses, St. Paul is reminding us that our light can be all too easily darkened when we're not trusting in Christ. And so in these surrounding verses, he explicitly warns us to watch out for signs that we may be falling back into darkness. So, for example, in verses 3 to 5, he says, When we're not basking in the light of Christ, we are tempted to abuse other people and ourselves in matters having to do with our sexuality. Or again, away from Christ's light, we are tempted to covet what other people have and to scheme to grab for our share at the expense of other people. We know, and St. Paul knows, that we have too often been darkness and not light. And he warns that God is unflinching in his wrath against our darkness. So darkness and light are particularly serious business. Darkness, because of it, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. But I like the way the worship planners put things together. Because here we are, and regardless anything about darkness in us, Christ is the light of the world, and he is shining upon us, and so they focused on Christ, who is our light. And then, regardless how worthy we may or may not be, they focused on us, even as St. Paul did, children of the light, lights in the midst of a dark world. And that means we can, with some confidence, trusting in Christ, focus on the fruit of the light that will be seen in our lives. For this is who we truly are, people upon whom Christ is shining, and that makes us lights. And he shines on us not to expose our darkness so much as to give us new life and to make us lights in the world. A high 
and holy calling to shine out into a world that God so loved and that so much needs us to come out of the darkness that the world may come out of the darkness. So as the theme verse says, let your light shine before others. Amen.